hosting a fall shindig, a horror movie marathon, an impromptu game night, want to get cozy with friends and serve up pumpkin beers? All great, but don't do it without Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can find all the right drinks for whatever you're planning, then get them delivered to your door. Boom, hosting handled. Now, before you get back to folding napkins, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com slash hosting dash handled. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com slash hosting dash handled. Today, must be 21 plus not available in all locations. And welcome into the newest edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast, second edition of the week. Here, so you know, we'll be talking about some of the key news and notes. We'll go down on the farm with Matt Sells at the Salesman on X, formerly known as Twitter. We'll take a quick look back at the MLB trade deadline, a couple of notable names and performances, and then, of course, we'll wrap it up with the weekend streamers and waiver wire preview as we head into some weekend baseball action. But I'm on X at Colby R. Conway, and with I am with, as always, because typically, like we said last time, you're always here. I'm kind of hit or miss. But the aforementioned at the salesman on X, formerly known as Twitter. Matt, it's a Friday as we're recording this, and it will be released here. And it is hot as hell in North Carolina. But other than that, how are you? Same thing, man. It's hot. It's hot here, too. Going to be 100 uh, over 100 for like the next five days. My phone lit up with an excessive heat warning uh, yesterday, and it said duration five days and four hours. I was like, yeah, we were going to be under 100 to start next week, and then they took like eight degrees off of Sunday where it was supposed to be 111, and they just shifted it for the next three days. So every day is over 100. Oof. It's yep. yeah, it hasn't been that bad here, so I can't really complain. But man, triple digits just changes things. It is the dog days of summer to say the least here. And you know, the dog days of summer sometimes has you a little bit down a little bit. We got to talk here. I don't know if the Rays are actively trying at this point, but I think they're just trying to add to this all star top three rotation in baseball that they have on the injured list. After numerous reports and talking to different doctors, kind of like we speculated, you never get a second opinion if the first opinion is positive. Shane McClanahan, Tommy John, obviously done for 2023. That also means he is, I would say, probably 99% done for 2024 because they're not going to rush him with the young arm that he is. Just another blow. Now we have Drew Rasmussen, Jeffrey Springs, and Shane McClanahan headlining the Tampa Bay injured rotation in this in this you know this alternate world that we're living in. Also, Shane Baz is still injured. Mm-hmm. Yep, that would be the that'd be the number four there. But in that alternate universe, this Rays pitching staff on the IL is absolutely cutting up the IMLB, the injured Major League Baseball league that's happening in some alternate universe. But obviously, redraft you can drop him. Doesn't matter. He's done for this year. We're not seeing him anymore. But right. like someone like me, for example, that's in uh, like keeper leagues. You can keep like six players, something like that, and dynasty formats where you can hold on to players. Obviously, when healthy, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Can we hold him for this long? Dynasty is a little bit different than keepers. Yep. So let's just say you have five keepers from year to year. Can you use a spot this year on McClanahan, knowing that if you keep him going into 2024, you damn near have to keep him going into 2025 as well, because you're making that investment Correct. to not let someone else have him. You're basically in this till he comes back no matter what. Correct. For keeper leagues, it gets dicey because it it determines, like, 
if you're in a true keeper league, and what I mean by this is there are either penalties to keep the guy, either you have to give up another round um, in your in your draft, or there's money in an auction attached to him, or there's years of control, like it's not a keep forever, because to me that's just a limited dynasty, right? So in my home league, we can only keep guys for three years, right? Um, I have a decision to make coming up with Jazz Chisholm. Do I want to extend him for another year knowing that there's a decent shot he's going to be injured? I don't know. Um, in a dynasty league, I traded for Shane Bass this year, knowing full well that I wasn't going to have him this year because I'm going to keep him for the rest of his career, right? It's a dynasty league. So for dynasty leagues, I'm keeping Shane McClanahan. You have to, right? In keeper leagues, it's a little trickier. If you're in a keeper league with actual penalties or time limits, I'd probably toss them back and try to sneak them later in the draft because nobody's going to use a top 15 round pick for a guy who they're not getting anything out of going forward, right? Um, so that's kind of where I come down on it. If you're in Dynasty, you're keeping them redraft, you're dropping them, don't even pay them any attention next year. In keeper leagues, it depends on your format, and I'm very willing to answer your questions in our Discord. Uh, just give me if there's actual penalties or lengths of time to keep them, right? Because like Kobe said, it's a two-year decision at this point. You're not keeping him for 2024 only to let him go heading into 2025 when he'll actually be healthy, right? So it, it gets very tricky there. And I think that's the right way to approach it. Cause when you look at it, why would you keep him to hold him for when he's hurt to then not right. keep him? Like if anything, I think what you could potentially do, uh, like you said, don't keep him. look to draft them later in, in next year draft, stash them on your right. eye. Then at least give yourself that decision in 2025. Well, not sure. sacrificing one of your keepers going into 2020. Yeah. In my, in my home league, which is a keeper league with time periods, the one that you can only keep a guy for three years unless you extend him whatever it's complicated not going to get into it but every year at our draft which is basically the only time we're getting players there's no waiver wire in this league it's nuts um for example walker bueller was picked up as a bench guy this year knowing full well you're not going to use him this year right mm -hmm. so they were willing to eat a bench spot because next year you can keep them for cheap and then you can keep them for two more. So you buy three years out of an injured guy by eating a bench spot this year. If you're in a league like that, where you're fine with eating a bench spot, then you're keeping McClanahan or drafting him next year late and eating a bench spot to keep him for, you know, 2025. And, We've talked about this with the Rays as well. Once the Jeffrey Springs injury happened, once the Drew Rasmussen injury happened, we obviously already know what happened with Shane, with Shane Baz and everything that's going on with him during his time in Tampa. Brendan McKay, we could toss him into it too. At, at what Brendan point? <laughs> at what point? It almost seems like the Rays like sold the soul to the devil, right? We are going to be so good at developing pitchers. Yes. However, that's on this shoulder, right? But on this shoulder, we got the, but they're all guaranteed to get injured at some point. Like, yeah, I mean, is it, is this something like every pitcher in Major League Baseball is an injury risk? There is no correct. pitcher that is not at risk of injury. There's just no such thing. It's well, just going to happen. But R.A. Dickey was literally not capable of tearing his, was not capable of undergoing Tommy John in his pitching elbow because he was born without a UCL. 
Correct, but he uh, something else could have went wrong. But he could have busted a shoulder. Yeah, right. So like, are the Rays like? It's not like the Rays are the only team that deal with young pitchers getting hurt. It happens to everybody. But right. like, at what point do we kind of start calling into some question? Like, what is happening? Yep. In Tampa Bay. No, that's perfectly fair because I'll go all the way back. I had Brent Honeywell as a prospect mm-hmm. in my keeper league um, when he was with the Rays, which he's no longer with the Rays. He's now in uh, San Diego, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he like he blew out his elbow and then broke his elbow and then whatever. And then Brendan McKay couldn't stay healthy. He was supposed to be a two-way guy. Uh, Cole Wilcox, who they got from the Padres in the Blake Snell deal, uh, has undergone Tommy John while in Tampa Bay's farm system. Um, and then obviously everybody that's injured <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, it's uh, – you got – I mean, you got to fake it in, right? When you're looking at a – you go, I'm guaranteed to get a very good pitching prospect, but – I have to bake in that there's a shot that he's not playing a full season his entire time in Tampa. Yeah, yeah. something's it's interesting. And I mean, like Glassnail, he gets like a half pass because he dealt with some injuries in Pittsburgh too. So it's Correct. not like he came over with clean bill of health anyway. Um, but just something to kind of consider there. I'm not saying that like, well, you can't draft any Rays because they're guaranteed to get hurt. That's just not the case. Any pitcher you draft on draft day in 2024 is at risk of getting hurt. Correct. That's just how it is. But it's it makes for an interesting talking point with the Rays in particular, given their all star rotation that, like I said, is dominating in an alternate universe in the IMLB. Matt, it's Friday. Let's go down on the farm with Matt Sells. Talk about some prospect news. And it's a gift from the gods that we are not short on prospect talk this week. Thanks to a couple of teams promoting some prospects. But before we talk about that, make sure you head over to fantasyalarm.com. Check out Matt Sells' prospect report. He's got the prospect rankings that we've obviously talked about quite a few times here on the pod. But this week in the prospect report, there's a couple of names that we're going to talk about here in a bit, as well as some other names that you might want to be privy of, perhaps as early as the end of 2023, or at least 2024 and beyond. But Matt, let's talk about the first one that we got to talk about here. I don't want to say desperate times call for desperate measures, but the Angels need something, and they need something fast. <laughs> However, Nolan, yeah, Nolan Shanuel, the draft pick from back on July 9th, today is August 18th, he is called up. That is under six weeks of minor league action. I am looking at his numbers here. He played two games at the single-A level, yep. 16 games at double-A for a grand total of 21 games in the minor leagues. Now, to his credit, at the double-A level, more walks and strikeouts, hit 339 with a 475 slug, hit one homer, 12 RBI. So, like, the numbers are good. This just seems very, very aggressive. It seems like the Angels are like, we are reeling. We know what we did a couple of weeks ago, and – we need something fast, and they're going to try to catch lightning in a bottle with Shanuel. So let me say this. Is he worth picking up in fantasy formats, given that he only has played 16 more games in the majors than you and I have combined? And then what's kind of the long-term outlook on him? It seems like from his batted ball profile, he's very polished offensively, very good plate discipline, but he is playing a position that needs power. We all know that if you don't hit for a ton of power at the corner infield spots, ten, sometimes in fantasy – you may get a little bit kind of undervalued there. So talk talk Shanuel for 2023 and then 2024 and beyond. 
So I was very out front when he was drafted 11th overall this year, not last year, this year, like five weeks ago, um, that I wasn't entirely convinced that he was the right pick for the Angels. Um, I comped him to Paven Smith, if anybody remembers that guy from Arizona who hit the ball. I mean, he makes decent contact, but it doesn't go very far. Mm. Um, that's kind of like Shanuel, right? He's got very good plate discipline. He makes good contact. He's a plus hitter. Power is not really there. It's not like he's a young guy. He's graduated college. He's 21, 22 years old. So he's basically as physically mature as he's going to get. Didn't show a lot of pop in college, whether it was composite bats or wood bats. Um, He plays a pretty solid defense, you know, outfield or first base. I think he's a very good real-life baseball player. I'm just not sold on him being a huge fantasy asset unless you're in a very deep league, like 15-plus teams that just need bodies right um because brandon belt had more value in a 15 plus team league than a 12 team league right because he made some good contact he walks he walked a lot hit for decent pop not great right that's kind of like chanuel if you're in an obp league chanuel's value goes up um because he does draw a nice amount of walks but what can we glean from his Minor league experience? I don't know. He got hot for two weeks and they called him up. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, we were celebrating Javi Baez for not striking out for six consecutive games. This is kind of what that reeks of, right? Like, he got hot. He figured it out. We need help because CJ Crone didn't do anything. None of the other guys we traded for have done anything. First base has been a soft spot all year for the for the Angels. So give it a shot. Plus, I'm betting that it doesn't hurt that he doesn't lose rookie status. At this point going forward, any prospect that comes up doesn't lose rookie status or prospect standing, so to speak. But if you're in less, if you're in like a 12-teamer, I would just leave him. Uh, I would just leave him. I highly doubt he's experienced any of the breaking pitches or change-ups that major league pitchers can can, you know, frisbee throw up there yep. i don't think it's going to go very well i think that's right i think outside of obp leagues i think you could probably let him go for right now like i said it's lightning in a bottle, and there's going to be an adjustment period that's just like you said that's going to happen and we'll have to see how he handles some yep. big league pitching in st louis mason win gets promoted as lars newt bar goes to the il with hey <laughs> abdomen injury as, as somebody said that's that's one way to put it <laughs> Yeah, aka he 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 got hit. Not to mention that's not actually in the abdomen. By the way, if yeah. you don't know what he did, he fouled the ball off the plate, which bounced up and hit him in the um, man region, and he had to. So he's he's got a contused uh, nut, but or newt, I guess. Oh, um, that's a good one. Yeah, well played. Uh, well newt played. Mark contused his newt. Um, yep. But yeah, it's not an abdomen. You can do. I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's... biology doesn't work. Yeah, that's not how it works. But Mason Wynn's coming yeah. up. What what do we make here of of Mason Wynn? He's one of the team's top prospects. Obviously, there's some potential there. Do we? Is there any? Is there any fantasy goodness to be had here down the stretch in 2023 with Mason Wynn? Yeah, I think there is. I think he's going to get a pretty long look. I think he's a middle infielder of the future for them. Uh, 
probably competing for starting shortstop duties maybe by the end of this season, if not certainly out of camp next year. Um, the skill set is pretty nice for him. He's got above average hit tools uh, plus speed. Uh, I believe, yeah, in 2022 across multiple levels, he stole 43 bags in the minor league in 119 games, by the way. Uh, this year, all of them have all of his games have been in AAA. He's stolen 17 bags in 105 games. So still a pretty decent clip, right? That's on pace for what about 25 to 28 steals. Um, the home runs have been a little bit better. He's hit 18 of them this year. I would expect that to be about the cap for him in the majors. His, his power is a little below average. Um, he's not that big. He's 5'11", 180. So like he's sturdy, but he's not, you know, that's not your prototypical like 30 home run dude. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the thing that really, really shines is his arm. It is an elite level arm. A couple of years ago, he was in the Futures game, and he threw an absolute rocket to first bit. Like, I don't know. It was the first 95-plus mile-an-hour throw from short to first ever recorded in the StatCast era, I think. it. Dude's got a cannon. So that's his calling card. The bat will play. I think he should be picked up in basically all formats. And then in Oakland, Zach Geloff and Lawrence Butler, are we looking at kind of future building blocks and maybe, you know, key players for this, what seems to be never ending Oakland rebuild? Obviously, Zach Geloff has made a little bit of MLB history that I'll let you talk about here. But are Geloff and Butler long term options in Oakland and long term for fantasy managers as well? So I like Geloff more than I like Butler. Butler's got a pretty big swing and miss part of his game. When he makes contact, it goes a long way. He's got a lot of power. Um, he's your prototypical first baseman corner outfield type, right? So you're going to swallow a little bit of drop in batting average. Not going to walk quite as much as you would like, but when he hits the ball, it goes far. Right? That's prototypical dude for uh, Butler. For Geloff... There's nothing not to like. He's made MLB history, which, by the way, I'm shocked that this has never happened in the history of baseball, that Geloff is the first player ever, well, I should state this, in the modern era, which goes back to 1900, to have eight-plus homers and six-plus steals in his first 25 games in the majors. I literally did not think that that had never happened until Zach Geloff pulled it off uh, earlier this week. That's not a that he's got the tools to pull it off. Okay, now the hit tool not as good as the power or speed, so he's mainly an above average to plus power and speed guy with kind of a fringy average hit tool. Uh, I do think that he takes more walks than you would expect, which also helps his power play up some. Um, but yeah, going forward, I really like Zach Geloff. He's been a he's been a guy that I've been watching for a few years now. He also plays second base, which is a fairly shallow spot in real baseball and fantasy baseball. So that doesn't hurt either. And then we talked about Tampa Bay Rays arms earlier, but Mason Montgomery is a young left-hander who in this week's prospect report, you had said has been basically knocking on the door of the majors for a little bit now. With all of the injuries happened in Tampa Bay, do you think there's a chance we see Mason Montgomery before the end of the year? It's 
possible. Um, I don't know how solidly the Rays feel about taking the Mariners approach, which is basically elevating your top pitching prospects from, from double A to the majors because Mason Montgomery, uh, is it double A as is Cole Wilcox, who's another one of their top pitching prospects. Um, but Mason Montgomery has been looking pretty, pretty good. Uh, we don't really pay attention. At least I don't pay a lot of attention to ERA in the minors. There's so many things that contribute to it. A, you don't know what his, his defense is like that counts. Cause if, you know, things aren't called errors, then, you know, whatnot. Ballparks are nuts. Travel schedules are crazy. Each of the leagues have way different characteristics. So what we're looking at is basically strikes to walkout ratio. He's got, he, he's put up 116 strikeouts in 93 and a third innings at double A this year, which is pretty impressive to 43 walks. So you're at, uh, what is that? About three to one, just under a three to one strikeout to walk ratio, which is about where we love to see it. Um, the home runs have been a little bit of an issue, but I will say the double A this year is testing a tackier ball. And so I don't know if the extra split second of grip plays a role on not getting quite as much movement on his pitches and therefore kind of kills it and makes it a little more hittable. So it's something to watch. I, in, in truthfulness, I think he competes for a starting rotation spot in spring of next year. I think that's the, I think that's the window. I think Tampa is going to roll out their four or five starters. If they need an off day, they'll go with a bullpen day. Remember they're the ones that invented the opener. So I, I don't see him getting a shot this year. I think if he makes a strong impression in spring training, he's in the conversation for uh, starting rotation to start next year. Absolutely. Any prospect questions you have, you can post them in the discord. Matt will be happy to help as well as every, all the other analysts we have in over there. And if you aren't a subscriber or you just have fancy football drafts upcoming, you can do a free seven day trial of our all pro package. You'll get to see Matt's prospect report, a bunch of baseball content that we have. And of course you'll get the NFL draft guide that we have for free, which is normally a 26 and 99 cent value, basically $27. And then, of course, you try it all free for seven days, and that gives you that should get you access to the Discord as well. If not, just become an All Pro subscriber, hang out with us in the Discord, ask all the questions that you'd like, and of course, if it is with keeper questions, let us know penalties, everything like that, so we can give you the most informed answer possible. But Matt, really quick, want to take a quick look back at the MLB trade deadline, just a couple news and note items from it, really. But when we look here. Boy, does Lance Lynn look like a great, great, great acquisition here since the deadline. 3-0 and 4 games started, 25-5 to strikeout-to-walk ratio across 25 innings pitched, and a 1-4-4 ERA. I guess we just chalk this up to that Dodger-Blue magic, right? They just they make it work. Yeah, because Joe Kelly's found his stride again, too, and his ego, apparently, mm -hmm. uh, and cockiness. Um but you, it makes you wonder, we'll, we'll talk about Lucas Giolito here in a second, but, like, what if they had been swapped? What if Giolito went to the Dodgers and Lance Lynn went to the Angels? Do we think there'd be the same turnaround for Lance? Because Lance Lynn's been really good for the Dodgers. Like, I will say vibes are different in both of those clubhouses right now. So the Dodgers are winning well 11 straight, and I'm pretty sure the Angels have lost, like, they've gone, what, 6-13 and 13 or something? 
in the last 19 games, something like that. Um, so, yeah, the vibes are definitely different for sure. But you got to start wondering, like, how many of these reclamation projects the Dodgers can actually pull off except for Cody Bellinger. Yeah. He's the only one they couldn't <laughs> couldn't get back to doing yeah. what he does. Angels are 4-11 and in August, and they've scored 47 runs total. Let up 93. Cool. Usually Good not a big run differential. And you said, we, I'll just throw Giolito in there quick. One and three with a 19 to nine strikeout to walk ratio and 8.14 ERA after the deadline since heading to his new digs in LA, the not Dodgers with the Angels. Yeah. When you look at Texas, Max Scherzer, is this just pitching for a contender has kind of rebooted him? He was pitching better than people may want to give it credit for in his last few stints with, or last few starts, excuse me, with the Mets. But since coming to Texas, three and oh, 26 to 5 strikeout to walk ratio and a sub 2 ERA. I guess Mad Max is Mad Max is back baby. I guess that's the only way to say it. I guess like there's a lot of stuff coming out of New York, right? That Scherzer and Verlander didn't like each other. That Verlander was a diva, which he has, he's been okay he him, in what? Houston. He's been okay since coming back to Houston. Right. Not great, I mean, but not horrible. Verlander's also like, you know, he's A earned it and B he's married to Kate Upton. So like do we really <laughs> are we really surprised by the diva comp right um i do think it's pitching for a contender like people remember what happened when he went from washington to the dodgers and then he was like unhittable down the stretch for the dodgers um pitching for a playoff berth and a and a division title certainly gives boost to uh, to these guys. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not shocked that Mad Max is doing what he does. What about Josh Bell's little bit of a turnaround here since heading over to Miami, slashing 309, 377, and 636? Five home runs, 11 runs scored, 10 RBI, and a 15.4% barrel rate. It's kind of almost what everything Cleveland wanted from him, and now that he's been traded in a very pretty spacious home park and in that Miami lineup, he's been really darn good for fantasy yeah. managers and the Marlins alike. Yeah, he may be the uh, steal of the uh, trade deadline. Now, I guess he is only a rental, so there is that. But, like, the fact that he still has pop in Miami, which we've all thought has been a very pitcher-friendly park, is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anchoring the middle of that Marlins, the new-look Marlins lineup has been really nice for Josh Bell. And – it all comes down to, can the Marlins keep Jazz Chisholm healthy? He's key for them down the stretch, obviously. But Josh Bell has been doing his part yeah. in hoping to push the Marlins with, here to where they want to go. Berger, by the way. Yeah. Still jacking homers. Yep. yep. No, off the other no park can contain that guy. I, I'm, just, I'm convinced at this point. He, he, his raw power is just so immense, it doesn't matter where he plays. Also, he, speaking of no park can contain it, did you see the inside the park home run from Luke Rayleigh? I did not see that one. Oh my God. You have to it so he hit it in San Francisco. It bounced off of the wall at Triples Alley. Mm-hmm. And then it landed on top of the wall that goes from left from right center to center field. And it bounced twice and then fell into uh fell onto the warning track. So it never actually left the ballpark. Oh my god. But it gosh. would have been out in all 30 parks had he hit it two feet further left. It would have been out. Jeez. But because he hit the weird, that triples alley wall. Yeah, yeah. You, you can find clips on it. It's the craziest 
inside the park home run, aside from Bobby Witts, which was an error, not an inside the park home run that scored yeah. screwed that one up. You can't get hit in the face with a baseball and have it not be an error. Yeah, Ask I will can take up. <laughs> I will. I will check that one out to get me ready for some weekend action. And of course, Matt, we'll roll through this really quick as we're up against the up against the wall here. But weekend streamers and waiver wire preview. For me, take a look at Chase Silseth, sub two ERA over his last four starts. The increased usage on his splitter and slider have allowed him to really tap into some strikeout potential, and he's harnessing the command as well. If you play in ESPN leagues, he's available in over 80% of leagues over on ESPN. Matt, who is your streamer for the weekend? Mine is uh, Christopher Sanchez, who's still in the starting rotation for the Phillies. He's facing the Nats. He's... Rostered in only 42% of Fantrax leagues this year. I get it. He's coming off of allowing six runs to the Royals. Back that up with a pretty good shot. It's also the Nats. Like, they, they're so up and down this year. The last time he faced him, he went six innings, six strikeouts, one earned, and a win. So, let's stream that guy. Absolutely. And then my waiver wire ad only owned in 20% of ESPN leagues. Take a look at Kerry Carpenter during his 12 game hit streak, slashing 455, 500, 864, five home runs, 12 runs, and seven RBI, and increased contact rates, which is always good. Some of those counting stats, like RBI in particular, may be hampered a bit by the Detroit lineup. But Kerry Carpenter is basically seeing a beach ball at the dish right now. Matt, what about you for your waiver wire ad? I'm saying any of the prospects we've talked about. Now, Shanuel, I would be leery of in anything smaller than a 15 team league. But the other guys, Mason Wynn, I would take a shot on. Zach Geloff, if he's still there, you need to pick that guy up, like, immediately. Uh, Lawrence Butler, pretty good power bat at first base. So any of those guys who are available, I'd pick them up. Shanuel, 15-plus team size, please. Absolutely. And, of course, like I mentioned it earlier, head over to FantasyAlarm.com if you're not already an All-Pro subscriber. Get your seven-day free trial of our all-pro plan. It'll get you access to the fantasy football draft guide and cheat sheet, the playbook as well, if that comes within your seven days as that get into the season. Access to Discord and everything great that we have to offer at fantasyalarm.com. So make sure you check that out. Head over to fantasyalarm.com and check it out. But give me a follow on X at Colby R. Conway. Matt Sells is at The Sells Man. And we will see you next week with the next edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.